This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the What for Buzz podcast. We're back again with another opposition breakdown. Uh, this time we're looking at Norwich City uh, coming up on Tuesday. So coming off the back of that, that derby defeat, uh, another tough game now in Norwich. Obviously just got promoted over the weekend, that was confirmed. Uh, and then they proceeded to lose at home to Bournemouth. Obviously there was a sending off and it wasn't Norwich's best performance and kind of Bournemouth are looking unstoppable at the moment. Uh, came away with that 3-1 win, so it's going to be a really tough one. Um, so those of you that haven't listened to the opposition breakdowns before, I'll just kind of run through what we're going to do. We normally have a look at the opposition, talk about their strengths, weaknesses, maybe some key players where they could potentially hurt us and where we could look to exploit them. Uh, and that's what we're going to be doing again today. Um, it might be a bit of a looser um, structure to this one. I think Norwich are quite a known quantity um, by a lot of fans here. And also, obviously, being at the top of the league and kind of quite clear where they excel. I will kind of cover the points as well. Don't be wrong, but I thought we'd also talk a little bit about kind of us leading into this uh, and kind of what we have to do a little bit more to to affect Norwich uh, than maybe what we focus on normally. Uh, but we'll just see how it goes. I'm just going to kind of wing it a little bit and uh, yeah, and see how it turns out. But I mean, starting things off top of the league, of course, um, they're there for a reason. They're really dominant in a lot of, a lot of areas. And you kind of look through some of the numbers and their metrics and you know, they're right up there. Um, it, it's going to be incredibly challenging for, for a team like us that's coming off the back of a really damaging defeat in some ways. Uh, you'd, you'd expect it to be anyway. Um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, we got obviously some injury concerns to worry about coming into this one too. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll, we'll start with we'll start with Norwich and then Farkas Norwich uh, and kind of talk about what to expect from them in terms of shape. Uh, so they, they set up in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, they're very consistent with this. Uh, they're very comfortable in their shape. Um, they know that everyone knows their jobs. They're, they're very well drilled. Um, and they've also got some some creativity and freedom in there, which is kind of built into that system, which is really, really nice to see. Um, from a Norwich perspective, it's really, really positive. Um, we like to keep things short, nice build up through the back line. Uh, that kind of interplay between the back line and midfield is really, really strong. There's a lot of possession. Uh, they have through that midfield and they're, they're more than happy to kind of recycle through their centre-backs and 
and just kind of keep that possession ticking over. Um, it, it's something that's quite hard to break down. Uh, it's, it's difficult to kind of win the ball off them and turn the ball over uh, because they're so comfortable and the way they move it in shape as well it allows a lot of a lot of freedom of passing. Uh, predominantly, what they're looking to do is kind of have that four-two-three-one with a double pivot uh, of Skip and McLean. And they'll kind of, because their fullbacks will be advanced so high in Aarons and Sorensen, that they'll drop in um, and they'll, they'll kind of fit in that fullback role uh, in terms of positioning to pick up the ball and they'll play from there. Then fullbacks get so high at the pitch, they're almost wingers for, for large portions of the game. And that allows Cantwell and Buendia, Cantwell and Moore so in particular, to, to go central. Um, it almost looks almost looks like an attacking diamond at, at times um, in the way they kind of set up when they have the ball and they're starting to try and you know, put their foot down on the, on the tempo of the game and, and put some pressure on the opposition defence. Uh, so once once that double pivot is activated, they'll, they'll drop into them, them deeper positions to try and get that ball and just find some space. Um, and then Vrancic as well is, is quite mobile. He's able to, to move into some other areas and obviously Puki up front, we kind of, we know what he's about. He's, He's quite lively, but he, he's looking to kind of break off the shoulder and he's a good finisher. Uh, he's one that you've definitely got to be aware of. And you've got to be aware of playing against Norwich. You've got to be careful with the high line. Not made, not too many teams do it. Uh, obviously, it's kind of a pick your poison kind of situation because they're more than happy to break you down if you do drop deep. And if you, you sit too high, there's you know, there's a lot of potential for them to hurt you, um, especially with the likes of Buendia, who he loves putting those three balls through and he, he can hit them angled passes and he can find his teammates. So shape-wise... It's going to be an interesting matchup, especially if we play uh, a kind of more traditional four-three-three that we've been sticking to, um, compensating for those wing for those fullbacks. I mean, let's actually let's just call them wingbacks because that's essentially what they are. Uh, I know it's kind of splitting hairs there with definitions, but I mean, you've got to think of these guys as offensive players as much as defensive. Um, that's something that's definitely a feature of this uh, of this uh, Norwich team. Um, so that's kind of the shape to expect. Uh, it's a somewhat traditional, but there's some there's some little tweaks there which make it interesting, um, and I'm sure will stand out very clearly if you've ever if you've ever seen Norwich play this season or even in recent years, especially in the Championship uh, under Farke, you can you can see how he uses those fullbacks um, in an attacking sense. So I mean they create a lot of shooting opportunities um, through through those three balls that I mentioned, especially from Wendia. Um, when teams do give them space, they're actually quite good at counterattacking when they do press when opposition presses onto them. Um, so the three balls have become, have become a real kind of staple to their attack, uh, and Wendy is so good at them. I mean, they're three balls, but it's not a, it's not a clear pass that most players can make. Obviously, he spots those passes really quickly, and you can actually execute on that too. He, he's quite a, obviously a rare talent, one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. So you'd expect that to be an asset they can they kind of work off. Um, they're dangerous from free kicks. They can shoot direct from free kicks. They take their chance as well. I mean, we can go through a whole list of, of what they're strong at. Um, you know, it's, it's it's difficult to find too many weaknesses in their offensive game. Um, they know you don't put as many crosses in as some teams, but it's just because they have that that incisiveness in possession, they can they can play through the middle. Um, they don't they don't play particularly wide attacking wise, and when they do, it's from their from their wing uh, from their wing backs. Those two. Two technical wide men, or how they, you know, lined up from the start in, in Cantwell and Wendy. They're very, very central dominant. They like to operate in central areas, and even when Wendy is out wide, it's not so much him running at his fullback. It's that cutting inside, and that overlapping wing back on either side allows them that width to to play more centrally. And it just they just really overload the opposition midfield. 
um, they make it really difficult to play. Uh, and if you turn over the ball, then you know you're giving away some really dangerous territory, and and Norwich would definitely make you pay in that situation. Uh, so I won't I won't go too much onto their you know their strengths because they are so so dominant in attacking situations. It's kind of you, you're kind of covering pretty much almost every base. And more when I talk about that style of play they have uh, in in terms of that kind of short build up, nice through balls, playing quite central, and then support from the wing backs. Uh, and and as well, I think their consistency in first in their first eleven, their starting lineup has been very, very consistent. And we touched on earlier how they they're very comfortable in that shape, and that all plays a part in that uh, in in that setup. We'll talk about the weaknesses though, because uh, there are a few that um, they are susceptible uh, on occasion. So it's not like we're playing someone that's undefeatable. Obviously, they lost their last game. And, you know, you'd hope coming into this one, they've maybe been celebrating a bit. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I mean, it's, it's likely, isn't it? Uh, they're going to be, their mindset might be a little bit different than, than what it would have been otherwise, at the very least, let alone if they have a, a literal or figurative hangover from the previous game, then uh, that could work in our favor too. Um, but they are they are weak in a, in a couple of areas. So when it comes to aerial duels, I think that's one thing. They're not the, they're not the most physical side, they're not the biggest side. Obviously, they've got Grant Hanley at the back, who's he's quite a dominant player, and he's, he's one I want to talk about a little bit later too. Um, but it, for the most part, they can be susceptible to to being dominated in that in that area, especially in midfield. If you if you can get the, if you can get the ball and and be quite be quite aggressive with your midfielders, especially when it comes to the aerial duels, you can have some success there. I'd like to see us have a physical midfield in this one. I think we need athleticism and some sort of way to compensate for that quality they have because in terms of quality, man for man, they they, they beat us in, in that regard. Uh, so we have to try and find a way of, of making that or changing the balance of that midfield, I think. I think the midfield is very important to how they play and we have to be disruptive uh, as far as I'm concerned in this one. Um, so yeah, that's the aerial duels. Keep an eye on that. Uh, especially as well, fullbacks. I mean, we've got decent, especially left side, left back Adam Messina. We're quite used to having not bad aerial fullbacks. I mean, Kiko, you know, maybe not as much, but I think Norwich are quite susceptible on both sides uh, to that. So if you can drift into some wider areas, if you have got more physical players that are able to kind of isolate them a little bit. And, and that's obviously a weakness too, is that those wing backs, they're very good at getting up and down. Don't get me wrong, they're both good athletes. They're both able to cover ground really well. But naturally, there's going to be some space there um, because they also don't. They're not a team that that has one fullback go up really high, the other one kind of stays back a little bit, a little bit more, and kind of protects that side, almost creating a back three. They're both up uh, for large portions, and yes, they have those midfielders that are drifting to those kind of wider positions to to pick up the ball, and sometimes they're there to cover as well. But naturally, if you've got someone like Ishmael Assar, you know, if you give him any space, he's gonna he has the ability to to make you pay for it, and I think that has to be something we're looking at. I think this is going to be a counter-attacking game for us. Um, I, I think something I touched about touched on the, the Watford Buzz podcast, the main podcast, was that we haven't really seen this team uh, be a counter-attacking team. Not many, very few, if any, teams have really decided to dominate us or have been able to dominate us in terms of uh, possession and kind of territory. We've always, well, most of the time, been quite comfortable in that sense. So we haven't seen this team act as a counter-attacking unit. I think we could be uh, rare to the effect of doing so, especially with some of the pace we have on, on the break. Uh, if Jao Pedro is able to drop a little bit deeper in that counter-attack and help link things up and you can actually release Semmer and Saar, then, you know, we could just enjoy them. We've also got players that can play the ball from deeper areas like Will Hughes too. So we are capable, I think. Uh, I, I don't I don't hate the matchup in some ways. As long as we approach it in the right way and as long as we have the right players available, I think we have a good chance of coming away with something here. 
uh, and that's also taken into account obviously Norwich's situation now I think we will have a little bit more of an advantage than we would have had done would have done previously um, but obviously it's going to remain to be seen um, but we're just kind of looking ahead at what we can think about you know kind of what we can expect to happen in this game I, I do see that that little that kind of possibility of some openings um, because they do they do also they do leave a lot of gaps um, and, and they they allow a lot of chances against them um, they've actually really over uh, overperformed when it comes to defensive work rate uh, sorry not work rate when it comes to defensive numbers um, they they should have conceded a lot more than they have and um, they've had some really good goalkeeping which has obviously helped too but in terms of their xg to goals conceded uh, they've expected goals this season is 53.36 conceded so that's expected goals against there uh, so 53.36 and they've actually conceded 31 so obviously you can see there's a massive disparity there uh, and it's 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 down to a, a few different things i mean they've got some they've had some good defending in, in, in moments where you expect goals to happen obviously there's been some poor finishing against them perhaps if the opposition is kind of a little bit edgy they're not quite as comfortable as they would normally be in those situations especially against a team that's quite dominant they, they might you know fluff their shots a little bit and also some good goalkeeping there's lots of factors that go into uh why teams would overperform in that in that area but it, it sticks out it's a, it's a clear it's a clear sign that chances are being created a high quality um high probability chances are being created against them we just have to be clinical in this situation we have to create these chances because in the previous game against luton we weren't very good at doing this at all having said that Carroll road We'd be playing on a much better standard of pitch, um, and I, I expect us uh, to be able to play uh, to a bare to a bare degree in the final third in terms of keeping the ball on the floor and and maybe looking to counter attack. And you've got to be you got to be quick and smooth in those counter attacks against Norwich. Um, and it was very difficult to do that against Luton. Obviously, we saw we didn't really get going at all. But in this one, in terms of an, in terms of an away game, um, I'd expect us to have some room there. Um, so that the fact that they give up those chances is a, is, a, is a sign that we have is. It's a sign that we have to be positive going into it. We can't we can't be too concerned and too worried about you know some of the little things that have been going on. We have to be focused on the bigger picture here. And the fundamentals are we do have dangerous players in four positions. And if we can get that ball forwards, then we're going to have some some opportunity. Uh, we're not playing one of those dominant teams where you know they they suffocate your possession and they they barely give up chances. Um, Norwich will look to play the ball a lot, but. If we can create our own opportunities, which we we don't like, don't forget, we are a dangerous team. We, we're capable. Um, so that's kind of the main weaknesses, really. I mean, I guess you could say where do those chances come from? Uh, well, I mean, from from looking at their recent games too, there's been a lot of chances from the wide areas again. Uh, if you can get behind those fullbacks, that's where our threat is. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different situation though, because obviously we've got some personnel problems. Kiko Femeni is banned. And we all know how important he is to that right-hand side and, and what we do with Ismail Assas. We have to maybe find some other ways of getting him involved. If Jeremy Ngakia is fit, which I believe it now sounds like he is really taking part in this game, then it, it's a different avenue of attack. We have to maybe allow Ngakia to carry the ball a little bit because he's not the progressive passer that Kiko Femenia is. He doesn't cross the ball to the same level that Kiko does either. But what he can do is he can travel with the ball at his feet. Uh, that might allow Sarah a little bit of freedom to, to push on them, maybe get central at times. I'd like to see some some of our wide men get central more often. We've seen how Ismail Assar can be dangerous in the box. Um, so if he can get into those areas, then then we have a chance of hurting hurting the Norwich City team, which which can be susceptible. Uh, Grant Hamley has been very good at the back for them. He's been very Syriata, like dominant in the air, physical in his challenges, but the same as Syriata. There, there's some there's a lack of athleticism there at times. Uh, they can look a little stiff if you, if you get caught out in space. So 
if we can drag drag Hanley out, possibly, uh, maybe even maybe even Ben Gibson too. I'd say you could argue the same or point the same weaknesses out in his game as well. Uh, there are some there are some potential. There is some potential to to isolate those guys and maybe try and find a little bit of joy. And that might come down for some more central play uh, from Pedro and Saar looking to support a little bit more. Um, I think Ken Semmer too has got to be on to, on his game. He's been a little bit off. Our left hand side hasn't been functioning as as, as well in recent weeks. Uh, and that's got to improve. Ken Sem has got to improve. And also we need to see a better, better performance and, and more assistance from that left back position too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that in, in terms of our chef Lazar. Uh, after the last game, wasn't wasn't an outstanding performance from Lazar. Obviously his pass back heavily led to the penalty, which was given away against Luton. I mean, do you drop him for that? I mean, I guess that, that's a decision that Hishkas can make. Although hopefully, obviously, that the, the main hope is that Adam Messina is well enough to feature. I think you do everything you can to get him on the pitch. Personally, um, I don't want to throw heaps of blame on on Lazar. If you want to hear us talk about Lazar, then Matt and I do so in the Luton podcast. But um, we do have to we do have to be realistic about it. Uh, and the, the reality of the situation is he's not as good of a player as Adam Messina is. So you do everything you can to get Adam Adam back in the team uh, for what is a crucial game. Um, so in terms of us, um, I think we kind of covered like m- most things about Norwich uh, that we need need to really kind of discuss. Um, I, I, won't, I don't want to kind of over kind of harp on some of those things. Obviously, goal threat, Pookie, we all know that. 25 goals this season, he's, he's one we've got to be careful of for sure. Um, moving on to us in terms of what we can do, how do we beat this Norwich team? Do we change shape? Do we do we make it a, little, so a few adjustments, a few tweaks? I mean, you've got a few different ways of going about it, of course. Um, I, I think personally, I think there's a couple of key decisions we have to make, in my opinion, that we have to be looking or considering making to give us the best chance of winning this game. Uh, for me, midfield is a big one. Um, I think we have to be we have to be physical in that midfield. I, I don't necessarily mean you know strong physically, slamming these challenges. I mean... I mean, we've got to be athletic. We've got to be traveling around the pitch. We've got to be making things extremely difficult because it's it's very evident that the Norwich like to build up from that midfield and the way they narrow things up, you have to have bodies in there. And we're not going to play the same system. We're not going to play that same shape because we want our width uh, from fullback and then wide players. So we need to compensate for that num- that numerical advantage that Norwich will try and gain in us uh, through physical ability. So for me, Will Hughes has obviously got to be a must. And then it's two of the three, two of Chalibur, Gosling and, and Cleverly. I think personally for me in this one, if, if available, Chalibur and Cleverly would be ideal. If Chalibur's still not fit, then then Cleverly and Gosling before. Zinkenegel didn't have his best game uh, against Luton. But I'm not dropping him for that. or I'm not, I'm not looking at not playing him for that. It's, it's more of a situation of we need to disrupt Norwich's build-up, I think, uh, as well as having that defensive solidity. If Norwich had the ball in, in our third... We have to be able to get around, and we're going to have to be chasing shadows a bit, a little bit. Um, you know, to stay in the game, we're going to have to accept that we're going to have to chase some shadows. And then when we're getting forward, if we want to try to create chances too, that comes from uh, causing mistakes uh, and causing pressure on the likes of Skip in there. I think he could, I think Skip's one we could look at. You know, getting at a little bit, maybe pressing on the ball and and not allowing him that time to kind of keep recycling play uh, and. Try and capitalise on some of the risks that Norwich take because they do take risks in their build-up. The, the way they operate, the way they play, they're going to be taking some risks. They're going to be trying to play balls forward where other teams wouldn't because they have that quality. But if you can kind of you know 
guess a, guess a little bit and try and try and pounce on some of those kind of loose balls and risky passes and you've got the opportunity to break and we have to look we have to kind of recontextualize how we're looking at this team a little bit and think of us as a counter-attacking team for this one um think of it as an away game we're going to the champions that's that's kind of what it's got to be in my opinion um if we're being pragmatic about it, i don't think we go there and try and outplay outplay norwich i just think it's a little bit in terms of quality we have on the pitch it's a little bit suicidal because i think they're a better team than us um that's not to say we're not a good team too though so we just have to find our way of winning um, and I'll also be interested to see what happens with the front line. Like you'd imagine Pedro would start, but he's also had some issues himself too. I, obviously, I know I'm kind of going into more Watford here than Norwich, but I, I'm just trying to just trying to preview what to expect here. Because I think after that Luton game, I think the level of performance dropped so high, so much, um, so severely that there's a lot of questions that have suddenly been asked about various positions on the pitch and and how do we regain that kind of performance level we were seeing prior to the international break. It's all kind of dropped a little bit from there, and I think maybe. Maybe you do consider some changes. Um, maybe you do think of, of other ways to kind of get this team going. And do you consider the likes of Andre Gray up front? A- again, we're going to have naturally less build-up. Uh, do you maybe consider that? Especially when he's been relatively good uh, for us when he's been coming on as a substitute. I know it's a different situation. And maybe as soon as we start Gray, we kind of fall back to some of the same problems we've had beforehand with him. Um, but it's something you've got, to con- you've got to consider because Pedro's been a little bit off. Um, and that might be that might be an option. But we'll have to see, obviously, coming into it um, because there's a few injury concerns too. So hopefully, if we can get everyone available that we need to have available, um, avoid having to play maybe Lassar and Navarro at right back because it sounds like Ngaki is back. And, you know, we've got a chance in this one. So, yeah, as I said, I won't I won't take all your time on this one. Just a few things I want to point out as we look ahead to what's another crucial game. Um, they're, all, they're all so massive now and, you know, it's really ramping up, isn't it? These last few games, so much pressure in these and we kind of have to get these things right. So hopefully we come away with the three points. That'd be amazing if we could do that on Tuesday. Um, feeling quite positive. I think we can bounce back. Uh, we've got the ability to do so, just hoping we actually get there with the right plan and execute. Give us a little bit of freedom then going into those games against Swansea and Brentford because I think having that extra little bit of freedom if we have some points on the board will be massive and I'd definitely back our chances of picking up some points there as well. Um, so thanks again for listening guys Um, we've got plenty more podcasts coming out obviously we do a preview for every game and the post-match ones too with myself uh, Tom and Matt so it's not just me rambling into a microphone for 25 minutes or so Um, but thanks again for listening if you have any feedback please get in touch Uh, positive negative uh, I want to hear it always want to make this kind of better for you guys that are listening because ultimately that's what it's for so there's something more you want to hear you want to hear about something more in detail less in detail about something or whatever it is please just get in touch DM uh, myself Matt, Tom whatever you like and uh, yeah thanks for listening I'll be back next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.